Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And you guys, We have a really interesting episode for you today. We're going to talk about some of the counterfeits we have believed, the lies we believed from our experience on campus. And we're going to talk about maybe some of the things that we need to watch out and and be telling our kids to watch out for when it comes to sex on campus and just, you know, trying to avoid those pitfalls for our children, but also dealing with our own, dealing with our own baggage when it comes to this. So, and you definitely want to wait for the question at the end. It's a really good one, one that we can all learn a little something from. But before we get to all of that, Dave is going to share a review with you all today. And thank you guys so much for taking the time to write a review over at Apple Podcasts because, guys, that is the best way to keep the message going about the Naked Marriage Podcast and to help other couples know that they can learn how to have a stronger marriage just by listening to a free podcast. So thank you, guys. And that's why we read these. It's one to affirm and thank the folks who took the time to to leave them, but also, like Ashley said, because we want to encourage more reviews because reviews help others discover what you've already discovered. Yes. So today, review five stars from Austin Man manager and it says truly a great podcast i don't remember how i found this podcast but i'm so glad i did i love listening to episodes and then sharing what i've learned or what i feel with my wife it's a great and easy way to start discussions on sometimes difficult topics i also appreciate dave and ashley's openness my marriage has had similar struggles as theirs and to hear their stories and advice and candidness on certain topics is refreshing and resourceful thank you so much and thanks to you so much for taking the time to share that And thanks to all of you for listening or watching right now on YouTube. Like Ashley said, we've got um, really an important topic. We're going to cover some stuff today that we've never talked about before on this podcast. And I think it's going to help maybe shape the way that you talk about sex within your own marriage. So let's dive in. Sex on Campus. In our new book, The Counterfeit Climax, which is out in less than a month. So if you haven't pre-ordered it, go to exomarriage.com or Amazon. And And there's so many perks, you guys, please. And and, I mean, it's you don't want to miss out on these perks. Yeah, the pre-order perks that you won't get after it's out. So you got to get it early. Yes. And uh, you go to to, uh, counterfeitclimax.com, the book's website, and you can find out all about what you get when you pre-order. And there's a lot to it. You know, you, you get a ton, more than we can list here, but go to that website. Yes. And you will You'll see. One of the things we discuss in the book, we discuss a lot in it, is a little section called sex on campus. And you might be thinking, what does that have to do with with marriage? And the reason why we wanted to talk about sex on campus, a couple reasons. Number one, we found that uh, a lot of the 
sexual baggage people tend to accumulate, um, very often that is tied to their own college years. It's just kind of a time when when people tend to to make some of those uh, mistakes that they later regret sexually, mm-hmm. but also, and perhaps even more importantly, um, because understanding kind of what's being taught culturally on college campuses, university campuses, and how it's shaping the broader conversation about sex, um, it's 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 having a huge impact mm-hmm. on the way we see sex, the way certainly our children are seeing sex, the way that culture is, is talking about sex, is these conversations that happen on campus. In the book, I share um, experience when I was in grad school um, at the University of Kentucky. Go Wildcats! Go Big rear, Blue! Rear. <laughs> um, and I had a, a professor there, a real interesting guy named uh, Dr. Alan DeSantis. Not sure if he's still there or not, but uh, really a, a bright, it, it, interesting dude. And uh, he was at the time doing a research project that later um, later became a book called, um, I think, like Inside Greek U. And it was all about sex within the fraternity and sorority systems. Uh, and he shared a lot about what his research found of how these young adults were really viewing their ideas around sex. It was specific to Greek life, fraternities, and sororities, but really there was a lot of broader application to sort of the the sexual culture and sexual mindset that people were having on campus and how that was extending not only on University of Kentucky, but campuses all over the country. And it was really fascinating, and it was also uh, really disturbing uh, to see some of what you know, kids, young adults were believing was normal sexual behavior. And it was more than just kind of the hookup culture and things that you might expect of, you know, casual sex and all that. But it was, it was much deeper than that. It was, um, it was, you know, kind of sex as power of, of young women feeling like they had to be aggressive with their sexuality, uh, to, to kind of have power in the relationships. It was men, uh, kind of playing these, these games to try to get, you know, just coerce young women into, mm-hmm. uh, into, into doing things that maybe they had not been comfortable with. And it was really, we talk in a lot more detail in the book, um, and, and I cite a lot of Dr. DeSantis's uh, research in that particular section, but it was eye-opening to me to just see how when we take our minds and our eyes off of God's de- design for sex, which is the only design that really works, then there's this void left where we can just start doing whatever feels right in our own eyes. There's a, a part in the Bible, the book of Judges, where there were kind of, it was sort of a free-for-all time in H- Israel's history, and it, the Bible said everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And what happened with that is it led to complete chaos. And we're in a time now where, from college campuses as kind of an epicenter all across our whole culture, when it comes to sex, everyone is doing what is right in their own eyes without any higher truth that they're anchoring it to, and it's creating a lot of chaos and certainly a lot of baggage. Yeah. You know, as as Dave was talking about, uh, you know, guys kind of, I don't know if the guy maybe in and of himself or by himself would necessarily want to do this. Maybe he would. I don't know. But I do think that there, you know, there's guys that get together and they talk about their sexual conquest, so to speak, in certain circles. Not all guys. I'm not saying like a blanket statement. And then coerce girls to do certain things. And I I was just instantly brought back to a conversation I had with a friend of mine during college. And she was a virgin, um, hadn't really dated, really, I barely even kissed a guy. I don't even know if she had kissed a guy. And, um, you know, just kind of not because she didn't have options. It's just she hadn't. She was, you know, it was important to her. And she gets to college 
And it's just a lot, you know, and people, I think sometimes you get to college and your eyes are open, you're on your own for, for the first time and you have all these feelings going on, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh. And I remember she shared with me that there was this guy that was kind of known to be a big man on campus, um, held himself really confidently, had a lot of girls putting it out there that they'd like to be with him and um, just had, you know, he had a lot of uh, influence on campus. And I remember she really had her eyes on him and they were at a party one night and he noticed her. And this is a girl who, you know, she had always been shy and she, I think had had a little something to drink. And so it loosened her up a little bit. And um, so she, you know, she's drinking for the first time. She's being noticed for the first time. And she ends up essentially talking to this guy and she's thinking, oh my gosh, he notices me. He wants to be with me. And before you know it, they end up in his dorm room and she has sex for the first time with this guy. And she ends up, I mean, he was really pressuring her and, and they end up doing it. And then he basically is like, okay, well, I'll see you around campus. And basically is like, go on, you know, I, I've had my conquest and she was just crushed. I mean, and I, I remember she came to my dorm room and just sobbing and it broke my heart. Like it just broke my heart for her because she had, you know, she just didn't think it was going to go there. And I think that's a story for a lot of people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I hope this guy has changed his ways, but I think he did run among, he was an athlete and he, and I'm not saying this is always, please don't misunderstand me. This isn't always the case, but I do think that when you have a lot of influence, you have muscles, you have people eyes on you. And, um, at the time our school was very successful. So it was very known. Like if you're part of this program, you go, you, you know, and, um, and so I think that it was a breeding ground for those kind of behaviors. He wasn't the only one in his group and, you know, but that doesn't make it right. But I, I think in yeah, his the, mind, the locker room it's mindset, just that locker room we, thing. We talk about in the book. We do. Yeah. Section. But it crushed you guys. It was, I saw my friend, I mean, she really, after that went through pretty much a depression at the time. I didn't recognize it. I didn't know. And I hadn't gone through my own at the time, but like she went through a depression and it really kind of came back. And again, you could say, well, was it shame that she was kind of allowing to enter her life because she had lost her virginity? Was it, you know, was she, did, was she steeped in purity culture? Maybe, maybe. But I think that she was coerced and she gave in and she just... And for that to be your very first... It was her first, first experience. And then to feel so tossed aside and exactly. disposable to somebody. And, and then she had to see this guy. Like we went to a small school. She had to see this guy yeah. walking around. And that it does create so much hurt. And that's that's one of, one one of, of the, the scenarios. Yeah, one of the scenarios. Another is... You know, a lot of times, and it's not always the guys doing the pressuring. You know, we're not trying to create scenarios here where it's like no, always no. the guys doing the pressuring. But you know, part of even what that that research I mentioned earlier talked about was you know how there could be a there was a culture, um, at least within this research, of guys pressuring girls to do more than they wanted to do. Right. Uh, even if those girls were virgins and wanted to remain virgins, but a guy like kind of coercing and convincing her that we could do all these other things. Like all these sexual acts, um, yeah. You know, pressuring oral sex, even anal sex, mm -hmm. and then saying, but you can do all these things and still be a virgin and, I, and praise her so, right. for her technical virginity, but then at the same time praise her for, you know, meeting these these kind of self-focused... extremely common. ...sexual, you know, yeah. needs. Where it's not based on love, it's not based on even having a relationship, but it's just a guy wanting to have an orgasm or a fantasy um, this young woman's a part of and then making her feel like or a culture as a whole making her feel like it's it's her job to help just meet this need of a guy um right. completely void of of commitment completely void of of 
you know, any of what God's original design for marriage is. And then that creates a lot of baggage and brokenness, and even it can kind of create resentment around sex even later on when, you know, that young woman is married and, yeah. and feels like, am I just just here to to kind of help facilitate an orgasm for my husband, which, of course, there's so much more to it than that. God created sex to be mutually pleasurable for man and a woman, um, and if it's if it's all just about one person, right. then... You know, that's way out of bounds. That's something else we talk about. But again, regardless of what your personal experience was in, in college, you know, this isn't just about like, let's let's talk through all of our college regrets or baggage we have from college. Really, this is a broader conversation of just understanding kind of like where our counterfeit mindsets come from. And there are a lot of counterfeit messages related to sex. And if you rewind the clock, a lot of, of the counterfeit messages in culture, in our own lives, in our own experiences, and certainly what's happening now, it's kind of happening on campus. And even if you're years removed from from that, um, even if you don't have kids that are going to be in college soon like we do, where this is oh, extra important gosh, to yes. us right now because we've got um, a junior in high school, a freshman in high school, we've got kids that are going to be there soon, and we're trying to equip them now with the right messages about sex so that when they are exposed to all these counterfeit messages, they'll know the truth. Um, Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a, a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or ten bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the, the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. You're, I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked.
I, I just think these are important conversations to have. You know, they really are. I, I know some other things that we've kind of seen in our research and, and heard even from friends, you know, again, because we have kids that are on the brink of college. So we have a lot of friends who are already there. And I know that, um, and it's always, you know, there are trends, there are, there are things that are kind of never change, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff. But there's also new things because we have new technology. Um, you know, I think back in the day, I'd always heard that maybe in fraternities or just guys among campus would pass around like an actual porn, you know, VHS or DVD. And like nowadays, I think they just like text like, hey, have you watched such and such porn, you know, or I mean, they act like it's just not a big deal. And I know we talk a lot. I mean, I'm not even going to belabor this point. We have tons of um, whole books on this, but we also have whole episodes on this about porn and the damage that it does. But um, it's just, you know, I think on in, on college campuses, Pornhub is just like, well, yeah, you have a membership yeah, to that. Like Netflix. Like it's, it's your Netflix for your sexual needs. Like it literally, and, and this is even research has shown even among Christian men and even a lot of women. Like there's yeah. a lot of women. I will never forget talking to um a friend of mine years ago and and she said, you know, she got into porn simply by not knowing what to do. Like she yeah. just said, I innocently like was looking for instruction. My friends help. were talking about parts and, and what they'd done. I did not even know how my body worked and I was embarrassed. And she said, I didn't say anything at the time, but she said, I went and I watched porn just to learn how to do stuff. And I think that that's, that's what happens is we, and again, we introduce this counterfeit into our life, um, not even knowing what we're doing. Like she said, I just, I, I literally didn't know the damage I was causing myself. And she said, and then there was that shame attached to it later on. And um, and she's since come through that, but it, it's just, you know, I think we knowing, you know, the knowledge is power. We hear that all the time, but it really is. I mean, just really knowing kind of what we're facing or what our kids can face that is powerful. But I think also for us who are already married, maybe you've been married for years to be able to go back and recognize, recognize like, where did that lie begin? Where did that counterfeit begin is so powerful. You know, I'm actually in a master's program for biblical counseling right now. And I'm actually studying this in um, my methodology of biblical counseling class. And there's such power in, in being able to recognize where did the lie begin so that you can actually replace it with God's truth. It's so powerful to do that. And there's exercises you can do where you do go back and think, where did I hear this? And and why, you know, what what caused me to believe this lie? And then what really is God's truth? And then replacing it. And this is biblical. I mean, we talk about it all the time on here. It's, you know, renewing it. We, God wants us to renew our mind, okay? And in Him, we are new creations. And so that means that we have to really, first of all, recognize the lie, recognize the counterfeit, but then also ask God, say, God, help me to know your truth. Help me to replace it with your truth. And a lot of times it takes a, a counselor to walk through this with you, you know? And um, I would just suggest, you know, go to your pastor and say, like, would you recommend a biblical counselor in my area? To me, because I really have these hangups from my past, and you don't even have to get specific. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe your your pastor is a counselor. Sometimes they are, but I think it's really important to go and have someone walk through this with you. And it is so it's it's just so um, freeing. I think people who've walked through this process, it's very freeing because sometimes we are so just steeped in counterfeits and in lies that we don't even know what we're missing. Like exactly. And I think yeah. with with the sex on campus, it's a culture that that we've, you know, we become just kind of brainwashed to accept as normal. And then we carry these things into marriage and and it really does affect us even in like a 
a subconscious level sometimes. And so that's why we do hope that when you listen to this, you really think about it, like really think about it. Like, is there something that a lie I've been believing or, uh, you know, do I avoid certain sexual acts with my partner just because I have this past and somebody used me for that? And it's a triggering. It's to triggering, this, to right. This, this memory. And, and or, have I ever told my spouse about it? You, you know? have to be honest about this stuff. Yeah. And that's why we have these conversations and why we point back to the truth of scripture and why we wrote this book is we just want to help the blinders come off of your eyes. Yes. So you can see kind of what those blind spots have been of like, what am I allowing to hold me back? What are those counterfeit messages that I've believed? And how do I get to the root of, of healing in it? And, and how do I, you know, if I'm raising kids, like equip them for all of that false mindset that they're going to most likely encounter on a university campus, yeah. which is kind of a perfect storm. You've got, um, you know, young men who are at the, the, the peak in their whole life of, of their sex drive and testosterone levels will probably never be higher in their whole life than right then, combined with a, a culture that's saying you've got to try and do all these different things, and the yeah. prevalence of porn, which says you've got to watch this so you, you know what you're into. But what porn does, and we, we won't again belabor this point, but part of what it does is it it turns sex into a commodity that's based only on your individual needs and preferences, where you start just seeing other people as just a means to meet that end or to meet that fantasy and love and commitment and, and all of that is completely separate from it. And it is cheapening sex in the name of just uh, like I'm just exploring what I'm into and it's sabotaging yourself. It's absolutely sabotaging yourself. And so many of us have some baggage related to that. Um, so many have kids that are going off to school that we're trying to help protect them from falling into some of that damage. Um, but it's important to know what's going on there. And again, part of what we do on this podcast is we just try to be a safe place to have these conversations. Because the worst thing we can do is put our heads in the sand and pretend like issues aren't there. Or to live with okay. these issues in our own lives or, or baggage or whatever else and just never deal with it, never really have a great sex life, and just convince ourselves that that's, that's the way it's going to be or the way it has to be. When it doesn't, if we'll have the courage to really get to the root of where this baggage came from, what counterfeit messages we believed, and talk through it, you, you'll be amazed at how much more intimacy, and I don't just mean intimacy as a code word for sex, I mean intimacy as connection on every level right. you can experience with your spouse. Because that's really the goal. We do want pleasurable sex lives, obviously. I mean, we, we all do, right? We're human beings. We would love to experience that. But really, when it comes to, to married sex, which is the point of sex, right? It's really about connection. It's about this deep connection and trust that you have with each other. And I do think that these things that we maybe have learned through our time on campus, um, and maybe if you, even if you didn't go to college, I still think you could experience a lot of these things just in the club and scene or whatever. I mean, it, you know, being a young working person, the same rules apply. I don't think it's just on campus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's just that that breeding ground for using each other. And like, I just want to feel something. I, I think that a lot of us, that's that's kind of what, if we have that baggage, that's how we fell into it. It's like, I just want to feel something. I want to be ad adored for a night. I've heard women say that before. I've heard them say, I'm not looking for forever. I just want to be adored for a night. You know. And I remember one of my, my friends going through that and just feeling like, I just want to be adored. And then later on, her hoping that that one night of adoration would lead to like secret, like deep in her heart, she wanted forever. Yeah. She wanted... And every time I remember just breaking her heart, breaking her heart, breaking her heart. And um, and she, you know, talking to her later, she's like, gosh, I just wish I wasn't so 
lost in that, you know? But, I, you know, the good news is, and I want to say this before we get into our Q&A for today, is guys, we we all have a past. We all have baggage. We all have things that that we regret or that we wish had gone differently. And and God is bigger than it all. I just want yes. you all to know yes. that you're not doomed. You're not damaged goods. Um, your spouse is not damaged goods. But that doesn't mean that you don't feel hurt. And God wants us to have freedom and healing. And so the reason we're talking about this isn't to shame anybody or to scare anybody if you have children you know, that are heading off to college or are in college right now. It's really just to have that knowledge so that you can choose to walk in freedom. And it's a choice. And it's right there for the taking, right from God. When we choose to be His follower um, and, 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 and say, like, Lord, I give my life to you, He gives us that, that freedom. But we have to, you know, it takes... A, practice of us renewing our mind and saying, God, enter in this. Like, Holy Spirit, free me from this baggage that I feel. It takes us being intentional about that, but it's always right there for the taking. And so, you know, I I think that sometimes we just expect it to be a one-moment thing, but really— you know, Satan loves to just come in between a husband and wife and to beat us up and to make us feel like we're damaged. And so it might take, you know, it's going to take a while sometimes to really start believing those truths and resisting the lies, but you can walk in freedom. And I'm proof of that. And Dave's proof of that. And we've walked that road and we still will continue to monitor and adjust and make sure that we're living in freedom and not living in bondage. Because I think that, again, we're in a broken world that we're getting mixed messages, even as married people all the time. I think, you know, this kind of sex on campus mentality is what leads a lot of people to become disillusioned and to look outside their marriage because they want to feel something. Again, they just want to feel something. I haven't felt something with my spouse in forever. I haven't felt adored in forever or adored someone in forever. You know, so we we have to resist those lies and really come to the Lord, be honest, and then go to our spouse and say, I am flailing here. Like, I, I haven't done right by you. I've let my mind wander. I've started thinking about maybe past relationships. I've started doubting our our relationship. We need help. Like I, I really feel like this is a crisis moment. And I don't want I don't want us to get suffocated by the rubble kind of falling on us. I want to get help. And um and I want to be honest with you. And I'm telling you, I know this is scary, just me talking this way, but but that's where freedom is, guys. Yes. It, that's it where really freedom is. is. Man, that's good. That is good. That that th- those few moments of what Ashley just shared might be some of the most important advice you've heard in your life. And so apply that. Apply what she said. If you find yourself in a place like what she described, yeah. because that, that could be the difference in, in your marriage. All right, guys, it is time to transition into Q&A. Thank you for those who send in questions, by the way. We love your questions, whether you send it to us at Dave and Ashley Willis on Instagram or you, you find us on Facebook. Or you write to the naked marriage podcast.com, which is um, where this one came from. Yes. And it says, is reading and responding to a text for work okay when foreplay and arousal have already begun? Does it show a lack of priority set on the relationship and a lack of importance placed on intimacy? And I think they mean this is like when they're in the moment with their spouse. Right. Like oh, they're messing yeah, around. Yeah, you're getting there. And then all, all of a sudden, sudden it's oh, like, ding, oh, Just one thing. Or just one thing. <laughs> That's a great, we've never had this, this question, but you question. guys, I actually, I, I got a message not too long ago, very similar message. So I'm really excited we're talking about this. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. you. Well, and, and you guys, obviously, 
this this does show a lack of priority set on the relationship. I would say this person clearly it's a blind spot. Yeah, maybe they have a job that um, they feel like if they don't answer that text right away or that call right away, they're going to lose their job. But I would say we have to put boundaries in place. You know, I've heard of couples maybe saying like, you know, when I come home, I'm going to have dinner with the family, and then I'm going to have one hour where I answer my emails or get my texts, and then I'm shutting it off, and I'm going to let my colleagues know because you know from eight a.m. on. I'm just, I'm not going to answer it till the next day. And I think that's so healthy because then you can have those moments where you're making out and you're, you know, having a great night together and not have to be interrupted because what it says to your spouse when there's a buzz on the phone and they all, you know, you're like hot and heavy and there's a buzz on the phone. It literally is like, I don't care about you. I'm excited about the distraction that I just got. Like it really sends that message. And I bet this this spouse is not thinking that. No, it probably they're not. Totally a blind spot. And they're thinking, you want me to keep my job, don't you? So you're yeah. not going to care. Just go kind of keep yourself riled up over there and like, I'm going to come back in a minute. <laughs> like, I'm sure that's what this person's thinking. But you guys, stop doing it. Stop doing it. It's rude. And it definitely kills the mood. It's literally like if there's a flame in a candle and you just went like this and took the oxygen out. That's what you're doing. Boom. Yeah, once, once you start moving the locomotive... In the direction keep of keep that train going. Keep the train going. Keep throwing coal on that fire, <laughs> not water on that fire. So, That's right. but also have grace because a lot of times, like Ashley said, this is a blind spot. I think it probably we, is. We're just in a digital world where we're always connected. We, my, my phones, our phones are sitting right here right now. Yep. And there's something instinctive in us that when we hear that ding, like our mind tells us, "Oh, I've got to deal with that." And so, I would say just put it in airplane mode. Yeah. Yeah, or keep the phone out of the bedroom. Yeah, don't put it even in the bedroom. Altogether. I mean, yeah. just do those things to kind of just remove remove the distraction so that you guys can focus on each other. Great question, though. Yes. And yes. Uh, yeah, turn those phones off and turn each other on. Oh, <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you so much. Check out the Counterfeit Climax, the new book. You can get all the pre-order perks for it at counterfeitclimax.com. And uh, if you would like to join us for one of the live events coming up, we've got a bunch of them starting next month, and you can find those at xomarriage.com. We hope to see you there. God bless. God bless.